Hello, everyone. This is Adam West. Uh, maybe you're thrilled to buy adventures, right, on Batman there? Hmm? My secret true identity, Bruce Wayne, millionaire philanthropist. Anyway, I'm glad to talk to you all and have the privilege of doing the following. Aerial View. Live. End Times. Talk Radio. Friday. 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Call 760-422-5528. The Pound. You have a podcast. Cool. Oh, yeah, I invented them. With liberty and justice for all.
smile will be kissed for this one. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the radio audience. Very auspicious beginning. Sure, the talk show. You know, people phone in and make a beef. Oh, what about? Whatever happens to bug you, that's what you talk about. Sometimes he agrees with the caller, other times he sets him straight. Medication time. Medication time. Just occurs to me that would be a great name for a show, too. Medication time. I am really great at coming up with titles for things. So if you need a title for your podcast, just get in touch with me. Just give a call to 760-422-5528. 760-I-CALL-AV. The AV stands for Aerial View. That's the name of this program. It's been around in one form or another. (laughs) Isn't that what our departing president said? We'll be back in some form. I'm thinking giant cockroach. Since 1989, it's been around. Started out at uh, WFMU, where I am no longer welcome. And it's now here at thehoundnyc.com, where I prefer to be. Where you can hear Hound Howls. 3 p.m. Sundays, New Hound House, live, and then followed by Crashing the Party, do up Chop Shop of the Air with Mark and Miriam. Oh, we've got it all going on here at the Hound NYC. This show replays on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, and uh, it's also available as a podcast at Amazon Music Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube. You name it. I'm sure more people hear this program as a podcast than anything else. I'm willing to bet. I would bloody well bet more people hear it after the fact than hear it live. And that's okay. Tonight's program is entitled Hospital Hijinks. Because I just, uh, I'm doing air quotes here, enjoyed a hospital stay. On uh, Wednesday, I went in for my third foot surgery. You think with two feet, there might only be two foot surgeries, but no. I got my third foot surgery this past. Wednesday, 7.45 a.m., had to be at the hospital. I'm not going to name the hospital. I don't want to name the hospital where I had this done. Suffice it to say, it was in New Jersey. And I uh, sat around for a little while before I actually 
was led off to the uh, same-day surgery unit. Same day, my ass. Same day! And the whole time, I remember thinking, I just don't want to stay here overnight. I don't want to do an overnight stay, please. Please don't make me stay here overnight. Because, you know, you got the COVID. The Rona. Whatever it is you're calling it, I don't care. And uh, I didn't want to have to contend with that. I brought my KN95 mask. Because now my house, like your house, your apartment, wherever you live, is filled with fucking masks. And if you leave the house without a mask, you got to double back and you got to go get the mask because you left the house without the mask. God forbid you show up someplace without the mask. And I, I was, I, I'll admit it, I had gone into a bit of a panic a couple of days before this scheduled surgery with this idea of like, I'm going to be in a hospital. I don't want to be in a hospital. That's where the Rona is. And I, I, I ended up calling friends, asking, what do you think? Really, what do you think of the risk? What's the risk level here? Is this... A bad idea? Should I postpone this? I I don't want to postpone this. I don't want to kick this can further down the road. I want to get this out of the way. Because I opened a store back on Black Friday. And I want to get back to the store. And this thing's going to take me off my feet for a while. And, and I figured this is a good time to be off your feet. To be at home doing Whatever it is you can do while laying prone or seated at a desk with your foot elevated. I have any number of projects that can keep me busy. Believe me, I've got books to read, stuff to write, databases to create, crap to put online and sell while the store is not physically open. There is more than enough to keep me busy right here at home. Number here, by the way, is 760-422-5528-760. I call AV. Tonight we're talking about hospital stays, the last one that you had. And I'll tell you about mine. Now, the reason I'm going into the hospital on Wednesday is because uh, of this foot surgery that I had five or six years ago. I had two. Six years ago, I had one foot done. Five years ago, the other foot. I don't remember which one came first. The left foot or the right foot, honestly. I've forgotten most of all of it, thankfully. And the reason I had to get these surgeries done is because I was born essentially flat-footed. No arch whatsoever. And over the years, this had become a problem. When you're a callow youth, maybe it's not a big deal. But as you age, as you get into your 50s, if I had been standing all day long, then the next day I'd have to take the bed for half the day. I wouldn't be able to stand. I wouldn't be able to walk. I would be in such pain. And my wife, Sweet Tea, who's uh, much smarter than me, said, Hey, maybe you should go see a podiatrist. Podiatrist, thought I. And, uh, and I did, and I went and got some orthotics. But he was telling me, you know, you might want to think about having your feet rebuilt. I said... 
my what? Re-what? My feet? Rebuilt? What? So he explained to me this procedure he wanted to do called a triple orthodesis. Not uh, the same as a triple mulligan or whatever the hell Dorothy Hamill did. But it involved a, a lot of crap going on with screws in my feet and staples and so on and so forth. The idea was to create an arch in the foot. And I, uh, I thought about this and I thought about it and I thought, you know, I don't want to be one of these people who at an early age is in a wheelchair. At an early age, okay, I guess if you're 50, it's not an early age anymore. But I see these people a lot at the Meadowlands flea market. They're not able to walk. They're in power chairs. There's a couple of people there who are very aggressive with their power chairs, by the way. They will mow you down. Like, if you don't see them coming, it's not like they stop. I think they're so pissed off that they are in these things that they're like, fuck you, get out of my way. I almost got mowed down a couple of times by uh, power chairs there. So I thought, okay, I don't want to be like this. I want to get my feet fixed. I want to be able to walk. So I went through these two operations, and it was not easy. I mean, the recovery time for each foot, eight weeks, non-load-bearing, and then eight weeks of partial load-bearing combined with physical therapy. And then maybe four months later, you might be walking again. Not quite normally yet, but you're walking. And I have to say, probably the best thing I ever did was getting these surgeries. But there was a point during physical therapy with one of these feet, the right foot, where there was a new person there, new physical therapist, and they went and got this heating pad that you use on a human shoulder. So it was a big heating pad, and he put it on my foot, wrapped it around my foot, and within moments, my foot was burning hot. It was like a hot, literal hot foot. I was like, get this thing off my foot. Oh, my God, get this off my foot. Oh, my God, my foot's burning so bad. Oh, my God. So the dude came over and took the thing off my foot, and uh, then he proceeded to manipulate my foot. That's part of physical therapy. They move your foot around in all these different planes. And the next time I went to the podiatrist to get x-rays, because he would x-ray me periodically, there were broken staples in my right foot. These staples that were supposed to hold the damn thing together. And I remember thinking, oh, it was that guy with the hot foot. That guy, he did this to me. How dare he. I held out hope that it would all be fine, because my podiatrist said it might all be fine. And as it turns out, five years later, it's not fine. Five years later, I start getting these stabbing pains in my foot, my right foot, after standing in my store all day. And at first I think, it's the gout. I know it, it's the gout. Because I uh, stopped eating beef and chicken and pork back in March. It's almost a year now. And I switched to seafood. Became a pescatarian. On my way, perhaps, to being a vegetarian. Who knows? I still like shrimp. What can I say? But I'm reading up on gout, and I'm like, ooh, shrimp is one of the culprits. 
spear is one of the culprits. Maybe that's what I did. Maybe I messed myself up and got myself the gout. And I go to the podiatrist and, and he tells me, no, it's not gout. It's the instability in your foot. And if we don't do something about this, you got a window of a year to a year and a half, maybe two years before it becomes too difficult to fix. And then you're in trouble. I know, Roger. It's a sad story. You want to jump up here, pal? Come on. Where are you, Rod? Come on up here. Join the show. Why not? So I have a decision to make. Now I'm like, oh Christ. Do I go in for a third surgery? Really, can I can I put myself through that? And again, much discussion with Sweet Tea. I decided, yeah, I gotta do this. I can't not do this. I don't want to be back in that same possible place of not being able to walk and walk properly and stand in my store all day. So it was decided that uh, we would schedule for January 20th. Lo and behold, turns out to be Inauguration Day. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to miss all of that. I guess I'm not going to see the inauguration. I really kind of want to see it. But this is more important, right? For me personally. It's not more important for the country or the world. More important for me. So there I am, January 20th, 7.45 a.m., down in uh, a part of Jersey where you can see Staten Island. That's all I'll say. I can see Staten Island from the from my room. What's the matter, Raj? Come on up here. Come on, pal. What's the problem? Raj, I'm trying to do a show. Do you mind? Come here, pal. Alright, here you here we go. How's that? Is that better? Caddis interrupt us. You know, Roger's my pal. I can't uh, I can't deny Roger. He's my pal. He's uh He's been a real faithful companion all these years. And now we have Marty, too. And Marty's a lot of fun when he's not destroying my albums. Stop destroying my albums, Marty. All the spines of my albums shredded by our kitten. Thanks, Marty. Thanks for nothing. I knew I should have put a door in that LP cabinet. I knew it. I knew it. But I digress. Hey, there you go. Another name for a podcast. So 7.45 a.m., they check me in, registration. The missus can't come with me because of the COVID. I'm wheeled in there by myself. Not wheeled in. I walked in. What am I talking about? I walked in. And I go to this uh, same-day surgery center, and I get undressed, and I wipe myself down with these sheets of whatever the hell it is they gave me to wipe myself down with. Like a dope, initially I wipe myself down with the foam that they put between the sheets. To separate the sheets. Like I opened up the package, I see this blue piece of foam. I start wiping myself with this blue piece of foam. I'm like, Jesus. That doesn't feel right. And then I notice this white cloth that's wet. And I'm like, that must be it. They want me to get all the bacteria off of me. Get the frontal and the dorsal. Do the whole thing. Put on the crappy hospital gown. First one they gave me had a hole in it. Karen was one of those, oh, this one's got a hole in it. Let me get you another one. Hang on a minute. 
And then uh, I'd lay back in the bed and I wait and I wait. A couple hours go by and I'm still waiting. And I haven't brought brought a charger for my phone because I don't think I'm staying overnight. And eventually uh, a number of people start coming past the bed, all asking the same set of questions. This is the, what's one of the things that's wrong with healthcare in this country. There's no goddamn database. There's no sharing of any of this stuff. You have to repeat the same answers to the same questions over and over again. And everybody's filling it out on a piece of paper on a clipboard. You're like, well, how come you don't have an iPad or some kind of pad you can enter this information on and perhaps share it with other people? What about that? So after answering these questions three, four, five times, they eventually get the anesthesiologist over there. My doctor came by at some point. The podiatrist took a blue Sharpie, started writing on my foot. And then before I know it, they wheel me into the uh, operating center, the surgical theater, whatever you want to call it. And it all looks very official. It looks exactly like you would expect surgical theater to look. It's nice and clean, and there's stuff everywhere meant to uh, open up my feet and monkey with it. And uh, one of the things they were going to do is take the broken staples out, and I asked if I could keep them, and I was told, no, those are medical waste. So I didn't get to keep the staples, but I said to the anesthesiologist, a friend of mine, when I told him I was going in for surgery, he said, ask the anesthesiologist if he'll take you out really gradually because it's the greatest feeling when they're putting you under. And I'm just thinking about Michael Jackson and propofol and I'm like, no, I don't know if I should ask him that. But then I did. I found myself asking him and I said it like a joke. I said, hey, a friend of mine says, you know, take me out gradually. That would be cool. And he looked at me like I was insane. And I thought, okay, he's not going to do this. And started counting backwards from 10. And by 7 or 6, I was dead to the world. And it's the strangest sensation when they do this to you. It's the weirdest thing because you, you don't dream. There's no brain activity that I know of. I always wonder while I'm under if I am farting or God knows what else is going on. While I'm under, what kind of embarrassing shit my body is doing? And lo and behold, around 4 p.m., I find myself awakening in the same-day surgery center. And a nurse Karen comes over. I spoke to your wife. I told her that you're coming out and that uh, you, you're going to be staying overnight. And I'm like, shit, shit. One thing I didn't want, I didn't want to stay here overnight. I wanted to get out. Get out. And I grabbed my phone, which still had about 20% charge, and I texted my podiatrist, do I really have to stay here, Doc? Really? Yes, because of the situation, I really want you to be immobile. I really want some pain management going on, and I think it's best if you uh, stay there. Shit. All right. So they wheel me up to room 373. Bed number two. Now, uh, the last time I was in the hospital, in Hoboken, I was in a room with two beds. This room had three beds. And when I got in there, there was a guy in the bed to the right of me, but he left pretty quickly. He had departed within minutes of me showing up. And I thought, okay, this might be like when you get on a plane and like, who else is going to be in my row? And it turns out you're the only one in the row, and you're like, this is going to be okay. I can deal with this. 
And I started watching television. There's nothing else to do. And I had to block out the sounds of uh, Miguel the Masher, mashing Miguel. Uh, I should call him Moaning Miguel because he really started with the moaning. And he wasn't in my room, but he was right next to my room. So I got to hear all of his moaning. And he had this weird sort of two-tier moan that he perfected where he would start out low moaning and end high moaning. And it would be like, and then it would go, and for a while he just went, so I hit the nurse button nurse comes over. I said, do you have any uh, earbuds? Because I noticed the TV on the the arm in front of me. They mount the TVs now on these swinging arms. You could swing them wherever the hell you want. And uh, you could pull it down right in front of your face. And I I noticed there was a couple of earphone jacks on the thing. And I said, hey, I didn't bring any earphones, but maybe they have some here. And I asked her and she said, I don't know. I'll go look. And within five minutes, she comes back here. I'm like, great. I shoved these things in my ear. Even though I'm not a big fan of silicon. I didn't like the silicon earbuds when I was commuting, and I don't like them now, but I thought I can't listen to Moaning Miguel. One more moment. Can't take it. There's a lot of moaning in hospitals. You can imagine. People are in pain, right? Me, they did a nerve block on me. I couldn't feel a goddamn thing from the knee down. It's completely, completely numb. I plug in the earbuds. At this point, it's like 6 o'clock. I start watching the news. I start seeing a bit of the inauguration. I'm like, what a great day. God damn it. What a great day. Earlier when they were doing the intake on me and they asked if I had any anxiety or depression, I, I made the nurses laugh. I said, who doesn't nowadays? Who doesn't have anxiety and depression? And they were both, uh, Karen and this other nurse were both like, eh, well, today... Today's a great day, and I said, yes, yes, finally. That fuckwad, that immoral, incompetent, corrupt criminal is no longer our president. Today, today, it's new beginnings for all of us. And I watched that, and then at 8.30, they put on the inauguration special with the boss, Springsteen, leading off the charge. And by the way, to the producers of that show, if you have Bruce Springsteen on your program, you do not need John Bon Jovi. And you especially don't need him masquering a George Harrison song. You especially don't need that. Danny Harrison is alive and well, looks a hell of a lot like his father, plays guitar, sings. What do you need to go to Miami and get John Bon Jovi for? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. But I watched this thing. I sat there consuming it. At some point... They brought me dinner. I was famished. I didn't even think I was hungry, but I was famished, and I ate it. It was some kind of pasta with eggplant and some kind of soup. And it was shitty food, but I was famished, and I didn't care. I ate it. I ate it all. I ate everything. And when the inauguration special was over, started watching something else. I don't even remember. But at 11.30, there was a live Stephen Colbert. I watched that. That was funny. And I'm starting to drift off around 12.30. And I'm starting to fall asleep. And around 1 a.m., they wheel in a guy to the left of me. And I'll call him uh, Chronic Christian. His name was Christian. And 
He was making a lot of noises as well, but mainly he was making these horrible beeping noises because they put a blood pressure cuff on him, and every time he bent this friggin' arm, this thing would beep right next to my head. It would just beep twice in a row, and then pause, and then beep twice in a row, and pause, and then beep twice in a row, and pause. And this went on every time I would fall asleep. I would fall asleep, and this motherfucker would bend his arm until the nurse came in and said, you know, every time you bend your arm, you're setting that thing off. And this guy didn't seem like the brightest bulb. I'm just saying, because as it turns out, after listening to uh, one of the doctors speak to him, he had been diagnosed with gallstones a year before, and he proceeded to treat it with Pepto-Bismol and Advil. Maybe it wasn't uh, because he's dumb. Maybe it's because he couldn't afford health insurance. Many people can't. So sorry, chronic Christian, if that's the case. But they told him we're going to have to stick uh, something down your throat, and we're going to have to get the stones out. And you might have pancreatitis, too. And I thought, oh, Christ. At least that's not me. So the thought of sleeping in this hospital just went right out the window. It just uh, it went right out the window. Even though they showed Chronic Christian how to turn this thing off when he set it off, he's managed to set it off constantly. He, he managed to set it off over and over and over again, and every time, it was almost like he knew when I was drifting off. I swear to you, it was almost like that. But then I did finally drift off around 4 a.m. And I thought maybe if I can get a few hours of sleep, that might work. That might be good. When they wheeled in this guy to the right of me, and I'll call him Retching Robert. Because his name was Robert. And the first thing he proceeded to do, he lays down in this bed and he says, Give me the bucket. And I'm thinking, certainly not a bucket of KFC. What kind of bucket? They get him a bucket and he proceeds to puke. And like puke and puke and puke. And it's making that splashing sound in the bucket. At the same time, Chronic uh, Christian is setting off his beep alarm because of his blood pressure cuff. I got uh, Retchen Robert on my right and Chronic Christian on my left. And Miguel now has awakened and they've given him some really great drugs. Because he uh, he was moaning. And they didn't want to hear the moaning anymore. And, and when he came to, he must have been hallucinating. Because I hear a doctor talking to him and says, Hey, Miguel, what year is it? And Miguel says, 1912. Miguel, where are you? Miguel says, Ecuador. Miguel, uh, when's the last time you had a bowel movement? A what? Says Miguel, a poo-poo. Now, here's this doctor who's gone to medical school for I don't know how many years who says to him, Miguel, when's the last time you had a poo-poo? And Miguel says, tomorrow. And the doctor says, no, 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 the the last one you had, the last poo-poo. I didn't hear the answer, but then I heard the answer to when the doctor asked him what color it was, and Miguel said green. And I said, either Miguel is very, very ill or he's hallucinating, one of those two. Is literally feeling no pain. And I turned my attention back to retching Robert when uh, a nurse came in and a doctor and proceeded to ask him questions and ask him why he left the facility they had sent him to and why he had pulled out his pick line. And I'm thinking, what the hell is a pick line? I don't even know what that is. 
And he's, I hear him say, I was in the emergency room for five hours and no one was getting to me. <laughs> and the doctor says, well, have you been doing any drinking today? No. Obstinate. This guy was obstinate. What about drugs? Yes. Did you inject anything today? No, I snorted it. And I thought, oh. Guy's uh, chipping heroin. He's snorting heroin. And then I hear the words infectious diseases. And I'm thinking, oh. Well, he's also, uh, he's got hepatitis. So there I am laying next to Retch and Robert and chronic Christian and moaning Miguel, who turns into mashing Miguel, because now every female that comes within five feet of him, he's hitting on. You're my kind of woman. And I just thought, I got, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. And I, uh, I, I got no charge on the phone, so I noticed there's a phone next to the TV screen. I pick up the phone next to the TV screen, and I dial the missus, and I say, Hey, we got to figure out a way for me to get out of here. I, I got to get out of here. And I can't even hear what she's saying. She sounds like a Charlie Brown teacher, because all I hear is... <laughs> so I'm like, okay. I got to call someone. I got to call someone to come and get me. And I make one more call to a friend of mine who said, hey, if you need anything, call me. And I thought, this is the thing I need. I need you to come and get me the hell out of here. Bust me out of here. And he says, okay, all right, I'll come and get you. Okay. Now that's a friend, right? A friend in need. Friend indeed. And uh, by 10 a.m., they were rolling me out in a wheelchair. And I left behind Retchen Robert. And chronic Christian and moaning, mashing Miguel. And I was never so happy. I was never so happy to hit the cold air. They rolled me through the lobby and they were giving out the COVID shots. And I almost said to the woman who was pushing the wheelchair, can we just stop, please? Can I just get a COVID shot right now? It doesn't work that way, friends. And I don't know. It's been a couple of days. I don't feel like I got the Rona. But who knows? Who knows? I sure hope I don't get it. That would stink. I do know that uh, my foot is all done now. And it's got more screws in it than your typical uh, drawer of screws at the Home Depot. I think I lost count at like 13. And uh, I am going to be recuperating for a while. And I'm not going to be walking for a while. So I'm going to have a lot of time. Like I said, to get to the various projects that I want to get to, I'm going to have a lot of time to think about this program, and I'm going to have a lot of time to give out the phone number, 760-422-5528. 760-I-CALL-AV is the number here. If you want to call and let us know about your last hospital stay or anything you want to tell us here on Aerial View, is okay by me. 760-422-5528-760. I call AV.
Hello. Hello. Hey. How are you? I'm Phil. quite well. Yes. Uh, you sound you sound good too. You sound really happy. Well, it could be the oxycodone. Just oh, saying. Good. Yeah. Well, you're perfectly lucid and making perfect sense, and uh, that was a great story. I loved it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for your affirmation. And um, it's it's really great to not hear you bitching and moaning about the douchebag. Well, I figured you know we can all take a break from that for a while, <laughs> can't we? Can't I we? Hope can't so. we start to put that in the rear view mirror? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've been. Anytime I see him or hear him speak, it's at the mute or change the channel. I'm done. Yeah, totally done. Yeah, you know they can they can do that impeachment. Let me know the results. We don't need to televise any of it. Just let me know the results when you're done. Yeah, I uh, I have to say, the sense of relief I've been having these last few days it's weird. It's palpable. It really is like a different feeling. I feel different. Yeah. And I think yeah. that has a lot to do with it. I mean, I know I just went through foot surgery and all that, and that will de definitely make you feel different, but I think just not having him as the leader of the free world anymore is yeah. uh, making me feel a lot better. A lot better. Absolutely. So well, what about you? When's the last time you were in the hospital? You seem like a pretty healthy fella, so maybe you oh, yeah. haven't been in a hospital in a long time. So, I mean, I've gone to the hospital for tests, but I didn't have anything. You want to know what my last necessary hospital stay was? Something like that. Oh, yeah. well, you know what? Actually, there was, a, there was this time, I guess it was about 10 years ago, where I was having uh, strange rhythms in my heart, and it went on for about 36 hours. And so I went to the hospital for that. And what did it turn out to be? Mambo number five, well, perhaps? What was they it? Didn't, they didn't know for sure. They didn't conclude. It went away, and it didn't come back <laughs> for like 10 years or eight, eight, nine years. And so I didn't worry about it. All right. <laughs> so Good it deal. Back, it came back again. It wasn't as severe, and they sent me for a bunch of tests, and they concluded that, eh, your heart just does that once in a while. Every once in a while, your heart just goes, yip, 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 yip. maybe you exactly. got a stuttering heart. Who knows? It's just, it's like it, it feels like it skips a beat or if there's an extra beat. And they said, no, it's just the atrium getting a little twitchy. And, and my conclusion is it's sort of like when you get a twitch in your eye or your finger. Right. Actually, it kind of feels good in a way, you know? Huh. Well, so. interesting story, Phil. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, you take care. <sighs> Seven six zero four two two five five two eight seven six zero. I call AV is a number here, and would love to talk to you about your last hospital stay, especially if you had to stay overnight because hospitals like airports they're not really places where you can sleep. They're not conducive to that. Let me call this person back Hello? who was calling during that last call and see who this is. Hey, I think I recognize that voice. Is that Christina? Hey, it sure is. What's up, Chris? Christina Palumbo, welcome to the program. Uh, well, I was Thank telling you. the story of my recent foot surgery and overnight stay in the hospital. How are you? Oh, that damn foot. I tell you. 
Is it I, ever going to be better for sure? I think this is this is the one. I think this is the All one. All right. I, I I told the uh, sweet tea earlier today. I'm not doing another one. If this if All this right. one doesn't take, I'm gonna I might have to go with a peg leg or something. I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not. <laughs> I'm doing rooting one. for you and your foot. I Thank really you. am. This is. I know that this has been a thing, and you know, ever since I've known you, at least it's been a thing. And I just really hope that you're on the other side of it. Well, when I had the other two done, I was able to work from home. I was, you know, one of the original WFHs who uh, I would roll into the room next door to the office where I had all the gear and I would just sit and do the show from here and no one was the wiser. Most people. That's the life. Yeah. Isn't that the life? It was something. It was really something. Yeah. But uh, I, I have you been in the hospital recently or in the last couple of years? Have you had to stay in a hospital at all? No. You know, I haven't had a stay in the hospital. My parents were both recently in the hospital with COVID in Arizona. I don't know if you know this or not. Um, they, they are out now and they are both uh, tested, you know, negative and they're, and they're healthy. But they had, I mean, my dad, it was, it was quite a quite a stint he was in there for seven days my mom was in there for five and um he has some stories i'll tell you what i mean the you know obviously with covid it's devastating and so people were just you know overworked and overwhelmed and 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 everything was crashing around him and stuff like that and and the staff at the hospital that they were in in arizona at banner bonner bonner banner bonner i believe it's called they uh were wonderful i mean so they're they're heroes. They are 100% heroes for the things that they are going through at this time and the constant stuff that's happening in front of them, you know. And then they're still able to just keep on. And 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 they took such good care of my parents, and I really can't thank them more. But I haven't had a stay um, recently. Not too recently. A couple of years ago, I was in the hospital quickly for some stitches because I uh, wore flip flops on a escalator and then my foot lightly gently touched the grossness of one of the steps that's made of basically razor blades and I sliced the bottom of my foot open and I had to get eight stitches so that happened and that was quite an experience but not to stay over no well did you play that game with your parents where you tried to figure out how they got the Rona (laughs) you know I feel like they live in Arizona so they're a hotbed already you know they live in like one of those um, villages where it's like 55 and older. So, I mean, like what's running rampant there? Obviously what, like STDs and, uh, and, and Rona, right? Yeah. I the mean, STD part, I always find amazing, <laughs> you know, that they, so people are screwing like crazy and apparently giving each other diseases, but uh, not your parents. I mean, unless it's each other. No, not you know. my parents, right. but you know, they had, they'd moved to Arizona in about in like April or so. And, uh, they got Corona on Thanksgiving, my dad started to feel symptoms, and the very next day, my mom had symptoms. So, um, I my best guess is that they picked it up from maybe like a grocery store because, as far as what they told me, they were only going to the grocery store and like getting things that they needed, and they weren't going out and they were wearing masks. So that's all I know from you know what they tell me. Now, do I believe them? Maybe not a hundred percent. But hey, what am I going to do? I'm happy that they're alive, and I'm, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was scary. It was very. very I was going to ask. I mean, like, you must have been frightened out of your mind because uh, what? How old are they now? Well, my dad's almost seven in his seventies. My mom is like coming up on seventy. And you know what? Here's the thing: I live across the country from them, and I'm their only child. 
And when they went to the hospital with the symptoms originally and they tested them, the hospital said, we're going to send you home, but if symptoms get worse or anything, please, please, please come back. Well, by the time that they were dehydrated, completely delusional, I'm screaming on the phone. If you don't call the ambulance, I'm going to call the ambulance. My mom's like, we're going to call later. I'm like, what are you kidding me? I mean, it was a disaster. And then um, I hey, Where heard, does that come from? Are they like, we don't want to bother the nice ambulance people. What, 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 what is, you know, where is that coming from? I, I think that once a fever gets to a point and you haven't had like solid, you know, any kind of liquid in so many hours and, and you're, you know, they, they both lost like 15 pounds or something. I mean, they, they were like, they were kind of just like delirious. And at one point, my mom was able to help my dad because my dad had it worse. My dad's got underlying health and she's got some kidney problems. He's got, uh, he gets, he's prone to pneumonia. He has asthma. So like all of the things, you know, that you have to be afraid of. Um, so for a while, my mom was taking care of him. And then all of a sudden, you know, cause with COVID one day you're fine. The next day you're not, then you're not fine for four days. And you're all of a sudden you can taste again. It's like, you don't know what you're going to get. It's a crapshoot. So then she started to decline and he was already too, far in to really kind of help themselves and every time I called it was like they didn't want to worry me and I'm like are you kidding me I'm all you got <laughs> you know like, wow so, just wow I mean yeah. what about uh lingering effects do you know if they're having anything that's hanging around refuses to well, go my away? dad my both of them got pneumonia but my mom got over it uh, quicker than my dad because my dad's just prone to it and he has asthma so um his pneumonia lingered for a while they're still like get, they get tired quicker um they can taste and everything now that's fine you know and 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 they're they, they're not running any fevers or anything like that anymore but like the lingering effects i would say is that uh, my dad still i don't think he's getting like complete breaths as if he were if he was 100 percent healthy and I, and i know that the the pneumonia stuck around for about a month i would say for about a month or so that they were not really like even wanting to leave their house for any sort of grocery. And then all of a sudden you can hear that they were getting stronger and stronger. Luckily they were given the residual, how do you say that word? Residual, whatever that R drug Hell if I know. Yeah, I know the one you mean. They were given that. And then there was an immediate improvement with my mother. With my father, they had to wait because he had so many other conditions. They had to make sure that nothing was going to coincide with the other. So, that's why it took a little longer for him to kind of come around. Well, and then the frustrating thing is, like, then you have to have the internal debate. Do I get on a plane? Do I fly out there? What do I do? Oh, well, that was the worst. And then I'm thinking, where am I going to stay? Why, if I go out there, I can't even see them. So what would be the point? You know, they're not going to let me in the hospital. I'm not going to go into their house. What am I going to do? And then, you know, I'm, all I can think about is how do we get the house clean? I don't want them to come home from the hospital to, like, a COVID dead den you know what i mean right. like i need them to be you know in a, in a fresh place and so there was a lot of luckily i have we have a cousin that lives out there so she was able to help me with logistics because i'm not really familiar with sun city arizona yeah. you know like yeah. i don't know anything sun about city. that place yeah. other than right. that the sun is shining yeah so yeah it was well, it was a rough it was a rough couple of weeks boy i did not enjoy that being the only child too can i tell yeah. you Ugh. it's tough i mean it really really sucks Cause you don't know. I don't know what to do. I, you know, in my, I'm 40, but in my head, I'm like 19. I don't know what the hell's going on. And all of a sudden I've got to like really, you know, figure it out.
scary. I don't like it. It, it gives you like a, an, a look into the future. I'm not looking for that. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. I mean, look, yeah. we all have to deal with it at some point. And, and someone's going to have yeah. to deal with me at some point. I, I hope it's not going to be sweet tea. I hope it's, you know, we're going to have somebody who's, I'm going to press some uh, nieces and nephews into service. She's taking care of me mm-hmm. now. And I hate it. I hate that she's got to do this again. It's like, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to get around exactly. on one yeah. foot. I can't work the crutches. I wasn't able to make the crutches work. So you yeah, know, that it's little a rolling moped with the knee. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I got, got the knee roller. Yeah, ones? I got the knee roller. Nice. And, you know, and I, I've got a couple of other things, but I'm like, I think I'm going to just stay on one floor for a while. I don't need. Last night, you know, I because when I came home, uh, what was it, Thursday, came in through the garage. You know, managed to crawl over to a couch in the basement, tried to watch Wonder Woman 84, which I did not like. I'm sorry. It's not mm, that good. No? No. It's not. Okay. It's, it's kind of a mess. And um, it was leaving <laughs> Netflix or HBO Max in a few days, so I thought, let me just try it. And it was, you know, I like a good superhero movie. This was not that good, mm-hmm. unfortunately. No. But then at a certain point, I had to get upstairs, and I like, you know, the last time I did it, I was basically just moving up the steps on my ass or on my knees. And it's exhausting. It's just exhausting. Yeah. By the time I got up to the third floor, I felt like I'd run a marathon. And so I think this time I'm gonna, I'm basically gonna be set on one floor for a while. Yeah, uh, I think that's a good idea. You know, and then the other part of it is uh, my worry about whether retching Robert or you know, uh, chronic Christian or Miguel moaning Miguel uh, gave me the Rona while I was in the hospital. You know, I'm, I'm taking a watchful oh, attitude right. on that. I kept my mask on unless I was eating or drinking. I kept my mask on the whole time. And, okay. you know, I'm hoping they were far enough away that, uh, you know. How I, many roommates did you have? I had initially none. Then I had one. They w- rolled in at 1 a.m. Then another one they rolled in around 4.30 a.m. And then the guy, Miguel, was right next door to us, but he was loud enough for the whole entire floor to hear. <laughs> oh, Miguel. <laughs> oh, Miguel. Moaning Miguel. And I don't know if you heard the part of the story where I mentioned he was mashing on every female that came within five feet of him. He, he, was, well, of so, he, was. he was so doped up. You know where it turns off the interlocutor, that thing that is between your brain and your tongue that tells yeah. you maybe you shouldn't say these things? Like his had oh, been switched. Boy. His had been switched off. So every woman that came within five feet, he was he was hitting on. He was saying things about that you can't say. You 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 shouldn't yeah. have never said them. But now especially, you're not supposed to be saying those things. You keep that shit to yourself. And Miguel just and the nurses, to their credit, were totally professional. They were like, "Oh, Miguel, you know, just." But you know, you know that they got to be like, "Can we just put this guy really under? Can we just give him?" So much that he just is out like, you know, dead to the world. Not kill him, but make him like he's dead, you know? So we don't have to listen to it anymore. <laughs> we'll so, be doing everybody a favor, rest assured. Yeah. You know, and, and it's funny, the next morning, a flow of people came in to see me before I could be let out, discharged, you know? And I, it got to the point where this one guy came in, and he turned out to be the resident for the doctor who had just talked to me. And I had had it at this point because I was exhausted from not getting any sleep. He starts asking me the same questions I've been asked four or five times. I said to him, don't you have this information? Doesn't someone here have this information? Why am I, why am I saying this again? I really, I'm exhausted. I got no sleep. Then he takes his stethoscope. He starts 
listening to my heart. He starts moving it around my chest. I'm like, what are you, what, what's going on? He starts asking me. Tap the feel? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, like, I just want to go, I just want to go home. If you could help with that, that's great. But I'm not your teaching opportunity. You know, I'm not, I know you're a resident and you're learning. I'm not your teaching opportunity. Sorry. Right, so, and this isn't the time. I mean, we are still in a pandemic. The le- the less time that I can spend inside of these walls, the better, sir. So can I, you please I, move it along? Yeah, I don't know where your stethoscope has been. I have no idea where that thing has been. Yeah. When's the last time you sterilized What was his whole? What was his getup? Was he in like a like a uh, you know full mask and shield? What did what what? No, was, what he was wearing wear? black. He was like like you know he, he was like. Black pants, black shirt. Mm-hmm. He had a mask mm-hmm. on, but I'm like, what a weird outfit. Like, you you know, no one else in here is wearing all black. What are you, the angel of death? Who is this guy? <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I, I think I was, I, I think I was, I wasn't, it wasn't like I was, okay, I was. I was short with him. I was kind of short with him. I was like, I don't, mm-hmm. at that point, I had had enough. I just wanted them to speed up the process, and I didn't need this guy mucking up the, the whole thing. By telling me, I hear a weird sound in your chest. I don't know what that is. That's me wanting to get out of here. You're like, great. Now I can't sleep tonight. Thank you. Now I'm going to worry about that all night long. See, that's another thing for me with hospitals or even hospital shows on television. The second I see or hear any of it, then I have it. And then I can't sleep all night. And then my anxiety is through the roof because I am convinced that I'm terminal with something that like, I don't know, whatever her name is on Grey's Anatomy was tending to. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear that. But you have longevity in your in your family. I wouldn't worry about that. I mean, you, didn't you have yeah. a grandmother that lived a good long time? She sure did. Yeah. She was that, well, I mean, one side. The other side is not that long. Although I think my mother is like a tank. You know, she's like built, like she's one of those like solid, just immigrant tanks, right? Like nothing's going to take her down. I mean, she yeah. had the Rona. And I mean, it was it was pretty bad for a while, but she still always seemed just, you know, like she was going to pull out. So I'm not worried about her at all. But yeah, my grandmother lived to be about 95. Um, there you go. And I usually take after her. So yeah, I, th- I think it'll be all right. Although I don't know if I even want to be hanging around that long, to be honest with you, not to get all morbid on you. But like, if I'm the only one left, like my grandmother was, Right. I mean, we she had her family and she loved us so much, but she also like you know, her boyfriend was gone, her best friends were gone, her sister was gone, and she was kind of, like, waiting for it. Like, every time I would see her, she'd be like, I don't know what he's keeping me around for. I really don't. I don't know why. And, yeah. you know, and I'm like, for me, Grandma, he's keeping you around for me. Yeah. But, you know, after some point, I, I feel like I'm going to be like, all right, let's cash it in. <laughs> you Listen, you and I have a few good years left in us, so don't cash yeah. it in just yet. Uh, no, we, not yet. We, we still have I'm to. I'm talking like I don't want to. Uh, I don't want somebody to change a diaper. You know what I mean? I don't want to go in the reverse. You know, Keep me around until that happens. None of us want that. None of us want that. <laughs> uh, it's good to talk to you, though. I'm out of time. Uh, it's so uh, great we're gonna, to talk to you. We're going to have to do a whole show together again. Uh, my former SiriusXM colleague, Christina Palumbo. Who uh, you know is still doing radio professionally, and um, I would love to have you back. We'll t- we'll do. I keep saying this. We're gonna do a truck driving show. We'll do a whole hour for the yeah. truck drivers, and we'll we'll see how they're feeling now that uh, you know the Donald is out. Let's, oh, let's we see. didn't even talk about that. Oh, we have so much to talk about. Woo! Right. Okay, yes. All right. Well, you know, it turns out I got about two minutes. So, what did you want to say? Anything you want to say about that? I'm so happy. I am just so 
happy. I can hear it in oh. your voice. Oh, my I'm gosh. I'm so happy. It's so nice to wake up and be like, nothing was said. We don't have to worry. There's Nothing's n- going to happen. There's no Everything insane kind of normal. nonsense uh, coming out of the White House this morning. What's wrong? I know. God, and now I hear, so did you hear that all nice. these Republicans want to impeach him now? That they're starting up this yeah. whole move to actually mm-hmm. impeach him and actually uh, keep him from running for office again? I mean, it's mainly cynical yeah. because they all want to run for president. And they don't want to have to run against him. I'll take it. I don't care. If that's the reason why, that's fine by me. Let's do it. Agreed. Let's make it happen. Yeah, bring yeah, it on. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, now I do have to wrap uh, we'll, it up. We'll have a whole thing. We'll do a whole thing. We'll do a whole thing. It's always a pleasure to speak to you. Uh, I didn't get to say this yet, but Happy New Year. And uh, may Happy 2021 be much better than 2020, which sucked. Woohoo! Yes. All right. Agreed. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. Good to talk to you. There goes uh, Christina Palumbo, who uh, we will be have back in some form. In some form. Before too much longer. I'm sending this one out to uh, Sil Sylvain, who we lost just the other day, who was a fascinating character. Guy spoke, what, four or five languages. Uh, original, One of the original guitarists of the New York Dolls. There's only one New York Doll left now. David Johansson sitting there in Staten Island. I bet I could have seen him from my hospital bed. And uh, if I could have found the Bo Diddley version of this, I would have played this instead. But I thought it was a nice tribute to Sil. What the hell? This is thehoundnyc.com, where you can hear new hound howls every Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by Crash in the Party, Doop Chop Chop of the Air, with Mark and Miriam at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. And don't forget, new prices on the Hound NYC t-shirts. Go to thehoundnyc.com slash shop to find out more about our new lower prices on the Hound NYC t-shirts. I'll see you again next Friday when my guest once more will be Lori S. California calling. And uh, you can catch this show Tuesday at 6 p.m. replaying as a podcast, Amazon Music Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and YouTube.